Chapter Seven of the Enchanted Barn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gail Mattern. The Enchanted Barn by Grace Livingston Hill. Chapter Seven. Carol and Elizabeth got on very well together. Shirley was amazed to see the ease with which her sister entered into this new relation, unawed by the garments of her hostess. Carol had more of the modern young America in her than Shirley, perhaps, whose early life had been more conventionally guarded. Carol was democratic, and, strange to say, felt slightly superior to Elizabeth on account of going to a public school. The high school girls were in the habit of referring to a neighborhood boarding school as Dummy's Retreat, and therefore Carol was not at all awed by the other girl, who declared in a friendly manner that she had always been crazy to go to the public school, and asked rapid, intelligent questions about the doings there. Before they were out of the city limits, the two girls were talking a steady stream, and one could see from their eyes that they liked each other. Shirley, relieved, settled back on the comfortable cushions, and let herself rest and relax. She tried to think how it would feel to own a car like this, and be able to ride around when she wanted to. On the front seat, George and Graham were already excellent friends, and George was gaining valuable information about running a car, which he had ample opportunity to put into practice as soon as they got outside the crowded thoroughfares. They were perhaps halfway to the old barn and running smoothly on an open road, with no one in sight a long way ahead, when Graham turned back to Shirley, leaving George to run the car for a moment himself. The boy's heart swelled with gratitude and utmost devotion to be thus trusted. Of course there wasn't anything to do but keep things just as he had been told, but this man realized that he would do it and not perform any crazy daring action to show off. George set himself to be worthy of this trust. To be sure, young Graham had a watchful eye upon things and was taking no chances, but he let the boy feel free and did not make him aware of his espionage, which is a course of action that will win any boy to give the best that is in him to any responsibility, if he has any best at all. It was not the kind of conversation that one would expect between landlord and tenant that the young girl and the man carried on in these brief sentences now and then. He called her attention to the soft green tint that was spreading over the treetops more distinctly than the day before, to the lazy little clouds floating over the blue, to the tinting of the fields now taking on every hour new colors, to the perfume in the air. So with pleasantness of passage they arrived at last at the old barn. Like a pack of eager children, they tumbled out of the car and hurried up to the barn, all talking at once, forgetting all difference in station. They were just young and out on a picnic. Graham had brought a key for the big padlock, and clumsily the man and the boy, unused to such maneuvers, unlocked and shoved back the two great doors. "'These doors are too heavy. They should have ball bearings,' remarked young Graham. "'I'll attend to that at once. They should be made to move with a light touch.' I declare it doesn't pay to let property lie idle without a tenant. There are so many little things that get neglected. He walked around with a wise air, as if he had been an active landowner for years, though indeed he was looking at everything with strange, ignorant eyes. His standard was a home where every detail was perfect, and where necessities came and vanished with the need. This was his first view into the possibilities of being up against it, as he phrased it in his mind. Elizabeth, in her blue velvet cloak and blue cloudy veil, stood like a sweet fairy in the wide doorway, and looked around with delight. "'Oh, Sid, wouldn't this be just a dandy place for a party?' she exclaimed eagerly. 
you could put the orchestra over in that corner behind a screen of palms and decorate with gray florida moss and asparagus vine with daffodils wired on in showers from the beams and palms all around the walls and colored electrics hidden everywhere you could run a wire in from the street couldn't you the way they did at uncle andy's and serve the supper out on the lawn with little individual rustic tables brower has them and brings them out with rustic chairs to match you could have the tree wired too and have colored electrics all over the place oh wouldn't it be just heavenly say sid carol says they are coming out here to live maybe why couldn't we give them a party like that for housewarming sidney graham looked at his eager and practical young sister and then at the faces of the three hollisters and tried not to laugh as the tremendous contrast of circumstances was presented to him but his rare tact served him in good stead why elizabeth that would doubtless be very delightful but miss hollister tells me her mother has been quite ill and i'm sure while that may be the happiest thing imaginable for you young folks it would be rather trying on an invalid i guess you'll have to have your party somewhere else for the present oh said elizabeth with quick recollection of course they told me about their mother how thoughtless of me but it would be lovely wouldn't it miss hollister can't you see it she turned in wistful appeal to shirley and that young woman being a dreamer herself at once responded with a radiant smile indeed i can and it would be lovely indeed but i've been thinking what a lovely home it could be made too yes said elizabeth questioningly and looked around with a dubious frown it would need a lot of changing i should think you would want hardwood floors and lots of rugs and some partitions and windows oh no said shirley laughing we're not hardwood people dear we're just plain hard-working people and all we need is a quiet sweet place to rest in it's going to be just heavenly here with that tree outside to shade the doorway and all this wide space to walk around in we live in a little narrow city house now and never have any place to get out except the street we'll have the birds and the brook for orchestra and we won't need palms because the trees and vines will soon be in leaf and make a lovely screen for our orchestra i imagine at night the stars will have almost as many colors as electrics elizabeth looked at her with puzzled eyes but half convinced well yes perhaps they would she said and smiled i've never thought of them that way but it sounds very pretty quite like some of browning's poetry that i don't understand or was it mrs browning i can't quite remember Sidney Graham, investigating the loft above them, stood a moment watching the tableau and listening to the conversation, though they could not see him, and he thought within himself that it might not be a bad thing for his little sister with her boarding-school rearing to get near to these true-hearted young working people, who yet were dreamers and poets, and get her standard somewhat modified by theirs. He was especially delighted with the gentle, womanly way in which Shirley answered the girl now when she thought herself alone with her george and carol had grasped hold of hands and run wildly down the slope to the brook after a most casual glance at the interior of the barn elizabeth now turned her dainty high-heeled boots in the brook's direction and shirley was left alone to walk the length and breadth of her new abode and make some real plans the young man in the dim loft above watched her for a moment as she stood looking from one wall to the other measuring distances with her eye walking quickly over to the window and rubbing a clear space on the dusty pane with her handkerchief that she might look out she was a goodly sight and he could not help comparing her with the girls he knew though their garments would have far outshone hers still even in the shabby dark blue serge suit she seemed lovely 
the young people returned as precipitately as they had gone and both carol and george of their own accord joined shirley in a brief council of war graham thoughtfully called his sister away ostensibly to watch a squirrel high in the big tree but really to admonish her about making no further propositions like that for the party as the young people to whom he had introduced her were not well off and had no money or time for elaborate entertainments but they're lovely sid aren't they don't you like them just awfully i know you do or you wouldn't have taken the trouble to bring them out here in the car with us say you'll bring me to see them often after they come here to live won't you perhaps said her brother smilingly but hadn't you better wait until they ask you oh they'll ask me said elizabeth with a charming smile and a confident little toss of her head i'll make them ask me be careful kid he said still smiling remember they won't have much money to offer you entertainment with and probably their things are very plain and simple you may embarrass them if you invite yourself out elizabeth raised her azure eyes to her brother's face thoughtfully for a moment then smiled back confidently once more don't you worry sid dear there's more than one way i won't hurt their feelings but they are going to ask me and they're going to want me and i'm going to come yes and you're going to bring me she turned with a laughing pirouette and danced down the length of the barn to carol catching her hand and whirling her after her in a regular childish frolic well do you think we ought to take it do you think i dare give my final word without consulting mother shirley asked her brother when they were thus left alone for a minute sure thing no mistake it's simply great you couldn't get a place like this if you went the length and breadth of the city and had a whole lot more money than you have to spend but remember it's a barn said shirley impressively mother may mind that very much not when she sees it said carol whirling back to the consultation she'll think it's the sensiblest thing we ever did she isn't foolish like that we'll tell her we found a place to camp with a shanty attached and she can't be disappointed i think it'll be great just think how doris can run in the grass yes put in george i was telling carol down by the spring before that girl came and stopped us i think we might have some chickens and raise eggs harley could do that and carol and i could raise flowers and i could take em to town in the morning i could work evenings shirley smiled she almost felt like shouting that they agreed with her the place seemed so beautiful so almost heavenly to her when she thought of the close dark quarters at home and the summer with its heat coming on we couldn't keep a lodger and we'd have that much less said shirley thoughtfully but we wouldn't have their laundry nor their room work to do said carol and i could have that much more time for the garden and chickens you mustn't count on being able to make much that way said shirley gravely you know nothing about gardening and would probably make a lot of mistakes at first anyway i can make fudge and sandwiches and take them to school to sell declared carol stoutly and i'll find out how to raise flowers and parsley and little things people have to have besides there's watercress down by that brook and people like that we could sell that well we'll see said shirley thoughtfully but you mustn't get up too many ideas yet if we can only get moved and mother is satisfied i guess we can get along the rent is only ten dollars good night that's cheap enough said george and drew a long whistle then seeing elizabeth approaching he put on an indifferent air and sauntered to the dusty window at the other end of the barn sidney graham appeared now and took shirley over to the east end to ask her just where she thought would be a good place to put the partition and did she think it would be a good thing to have another one at the other end just like it and so they stood and planned 
quite as if Shirley were ordering a $10,000 alteration put into her $10 barn. Then suddenly the girl remembered her fears, and, looking straight up into the interested face of the young man, she asked earnestly, "'You are sure you are going to put in these partitions? You are not making any change on my account, because I couldn't think of allowing you to go to any trouble or expense, you know.' Her straightforward look embarrassed him. "'Why, I—' uh, he said, growing a little flushed. "'Why, you see, I hadn't been out to look things over before.' I didn't realize how much better it would be to have those partitions in, you know. But now I intend to do it right away. Father put the whole thing in my hands to do as I pleased. In fact, the place is mine now, and I want to put it in good shape to rent. So don't worry yourself in the least. Things won't go to rack and ruin so quickly, you know, if there is someone in the place. He finished his sentence briskly. It seemed quite plausible, even to himself now, and he searched about for a change of topic. "'You think you can get on here with the rough floor? "'You might put padding or something under your carpets, you know, "'but it will take pretty large carpets.' "'He looked at her dubiously. "'To his conventional mind, every step of the way was blocked "'by some impassable barrier. "'He did not honestly see how she was going to do the thing at all. "'Oh, we don't need carpets,' laughed Shirley gaily. "'We'll spread down a rug in front of Mother's bed, "'and another one by the piano, "'and the rest will be just perfectly all right.' "'We're not expecting to give receptions here, you know,' she added mischievously. "'We're only campers, and very grateful campers at that, too, "'to find a nice, clean, empty floor where we can live. "'The only thing that is troubling me is the cooking. "'I've been wondering if it will affect the insurance "'if we use an oil stove to cook with, "'or would you rather we got a wood stove "'and put the pipe out of one of the windows? "'I've seen people do that sometimes. "'Of course, we could cook outdoors on a campfire, "'if it was necessary.' "'but it might be a little inconvenient, rainy days.' "'Graham gasped at the coolness with which the slip of a girl discoursed about hardships "'as if they were necessities to be accepted pleasantly and without a murmur. "'She actually would not be daunted at the idea of cooking her meals on a fire out of doors. "'Cooking, indeed! "'That was, of course, a question that people had to consider. "'It had never been a question that crossed his mind before. "'People cooked. "'How did they cook?' by electricity, gas, coal, and wood fires, of course. He had never considered it matter to be called in any way serious. But now he perceived that it was one of the first main things to be looked out for in a home. He looked down at the waiting girl with a curious mixture of wonder, admiration, and dismay in his face. "'Why, of course, you will need a fire and a kitchen,' he said, "'as if those things usually grew in houses without any help, "'and it hadn't occurred to him before that they were not indigenous to barns. "'Well, now, I hadn't thought of that. "'There isn't any chimney here, is there? "'Hmm. There ought to be a chimney in every barn. "'It would be better for the, uh, for the hay, I should think. "'Keep it dry, you know, and all that sort of thing. "'And then I should think it might be better for the animals. "'I must look into that matter.' "'No, Mr. Graham,' said Shirley decidedly. "'There is no necessity for a chimney. "'We can perfectly well have the pipe go through a piece of tin "'set in the back window, if you won't object, "'and we can use the little oil stove when it's very hot, "'if that doesn't affect the insurance. "'We have a gas stove, of course, that we could bring, "'but there isn't any gas in the barn.' "'Graham looked around blankly at the cobwebby walls, "'as if expecting gas jets to break forth simultaneously with his wish.' "'No, I suppose not,' he said, "'although I should think there ought to be. "'In a barn, you know. "'But I'm sure there will be no objection whatever "'to your using any kind of stove that will work here.' 
This is a stone barn, you know, and I'm sure it won't affect the insurance. I'll find out and let you know. Shirley felt a trifle uneasy yet about those partitions and the low price of the rent, but somehow the young man had managed to impress her with the fact that he was under no unpleasant delusions concerning herself, and that he had the utmost respect for her. He stood looking down earnestly at her for a moment without saying a word, and then he began hesitatingly. "'I wish you'd let me tell you,' he said frankly, "'how awfully brave you are about all this, "'planning to come out here in this lonely place, "'and not being afraid of hard work and rough floors in a barn "'and even a fire out of doors.' "'Shirley's laugh rang out, and her eyes sparkled. "'Why, it's the nicest thing that's happened to me in ages,' "'she said joyously. "'I can't hardly believe it's true that we can come here, "'that we can really afford to come to a great heavenly country place like this.' I suppose, of course, there'll be hard things. There always are. And some of them have been just about unbearable. But even the hard things can be made fun if you try. This is going to be grand. And she looked around triumphantly on the dusty rafters and rough stone walls with a little air of possession. You are rather... He paused. Unusual, he finished thoughtfully as they walked toward the doorway and stood looking off at the distance but now Shirley had almost forgotten him in the excitement of the view. "'Just think of waking up to that every morning,' she declared, with a sweep of her little blue-clad arm toward the view in the distance. "'Those purply hills, the fringe of brown and green against the horizon, that white spire nestling among those evergreens. Is that a church? Is it near enough for us to go to? Mother wouldn't want us to be too far from church.' "'We'll go home that way and discover,' said Graham decidedly. "'You'll want to get acquainted with your new neighborhood. "'You'll need to know how near there is a store and where your neighbors live. "'We'll reconnoiter a little. Are you ready to go?' "'Oh, yes. I'm afraid we have kept you too long already, "'and we must get home about the time Carol usually comes from school, "'or Mother will be terribly worried. "'Carol is never later than half-past four. "'We've plenty of time,' said the driver of the car, looking at his watch and smiling assurance. "'Call the children, and we'll take a little turn around the neighborhood before we go back.' And so the little eager company were reluctantly persuaded to climb into the car again and start on their way. End of chapter 7